Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your hosts, Dr. Doug Carriger and Mrs. Stephanie Wesco. Man, it's great to be back with you folks. Here we are, we're uh, doing these songs in the night, psalms and uh, talking about folks with hurting hearts and how David, you know, Stephanie, I think David has PTSD as bad as anybody I've ever met. What are you thinking? Yep, I agree. You know, we can see PTSD all over David. We don't see a lot over Paul. You know, Paul, uh, maybe that level of being an apostle you know, he kept going back to towns where he got beat up. He kept uh, uh, getting on boats. I mean, I am not getting on a boat with the Apostle Paul. I'm just going up front with you right now. I'm clean. I'm just telling you the way it is. Even if we go to heaven, I know we're in heaven and we can't drown and die. But I don't think I'm going to go sailing uh, on that crystal sea with Paul. Paul's going to say, Doug, you know, I'm taking Stephanie and the kids and Debbie and Charles and uh, you want to go sailing, I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to go back here and listen to our fifth CD or something like that. And uh, and I'm bailing, man. Uh, I'm going to go down to Hallelujah Square and and uh, uh, I don't know, you know, just hang Leave out. Leave the choir. Yeah, I'm going to sing great. Now, listen, here's the thing. This is what I'm thinking, Stephanie. I'm thinking that I am going to sing better in heaven than most people on earth sing right now. Probably. Yeah. I agree with you there. Yeah. So I got to tell you folks, so our connection, our connection on the radio here, or it's actually through something called Zoom is a little bit tenuous. So at times there's like a quarter of a second or a second delay uh, with Stephanie. But with me as always is my friend, Stephanie Wesco. And Stephanie, real quick, what's going on? Give us a kid catch up. Caleb's birthday is celebrated Friday. What else is going on at the Wesco household? Well, the kids, the kids have spring break starting tomorrow, so they have a few days off of school, and um, tomorrow is Caleb's actual birthday, wow. so um, I'm not sure everything we're going to do yet, but they're pretty excited about that. Well, and, and Stephanie spoils her kids like I spoil my kids. Birthdays are a big day in the Wesco house, and she's been taking them out on these mommy dates, which I think is a good idea for everybody to go out, especially if you have a big family, because kids can get washed in with the other group. So you went out on a mommy date last night with the two girls, you know, uh, yeah. two of my favorite human beings, three, counting Stephanie, my favorite human beings went to uh, a place called the American Table, and uh, I'm telling you, Emmy had a plate of spaghetti and meatballs that rivaled anybody's spaghetti and meatballs I've ever seen. And Steffi had a steak. I love it when Steffi has steaks, man, and eats good food. And coleslaw, and I think she had fruit. And now get me if I'm wrong. I know Stephanie had our usual American kitchen go-to, which was grilled vegetables along with beef uh, with a steak. So anyway, that's well, what... Well, it, it was actually a chicken breast... Oh, under cheese and mushrooms. Oh, you're changing things up on me. I did change things up a little bit last night. Yep. 
So we, we have this segment. So we're, we're moving along on this segment. First of all, we're honored to be coming to you guys. We really are. We just prayed for you. We have this segment, uh, the Naughton Knuckleheaded Moment. And I think it's my turn, Stephanie. And you might be a knucklehead if you park your car at a gas pump and don't come back for five minutes when people are waiting for that gas pump. And you might be a knucklehead if you raise gas prices 70 cents uh, in the last six weeks. That's all I'm saying. So it's a gas station combination. Uh, we'll, we'll use both of those today. You park at the pump, you go in, use the bathroom, shave, I don't know, look for flavored coffee, buy some gum, uh, talk to people inside, move your car! That's all I'm saying. You got anything you want to say on that, Stephanie, before we move into the important I want to matter? Say yeah, I want to see if your gas prices have only gone up 70 cents, you're blessed, because ours have gone up about $1.25. And our food has went up about 20 cents a, a dollar, man, or 20%, I'm telling you. So yeah. if you voted for Joe Biden, would you do me a favor? Would you send me money? Uh, thank you very much. Uh, I want to catch up on my gas. <laughs> I need about 300 a month uh, to be where I was at. Uh, when Joe Biden took yeah. office. So if you voted for him, I need you to send me money. Uh, anyway, with that, we're on Psalm 73. We're starting in verse 10. We're pretty excited about this. And uh, it says, Therefore his people return hither, and the waters of a full cup are wrung out to them. And they say, How doth God know? And is there knowledge in the Most High? Behold, these are ungodly who prosper in the world, they increase in riches. Verily, I have cleansed my heart in vain, and I've washed my hands in intimacy. Uh, for all the day long I have been plagued and chastened every morning. If I say I will speak thus, behold, I should offend against the generation of thy children. When I thought to know this, it was too painful to me. Until I went into the sanctuary of God, then understood their end. Surely thou didst set me in slippery places, thou castest me them down into destruction. How are they brought into desolation as in a moment? They are utterly consumed with terrors. Man, there's a lot going on there. He's, he, I don't know, Stephanie. You know, we, we did those first nine verses on uh, last podcast, and then we come along on this Monday morning, and right away, right out of the chute, uh, Paul again is talking about what these people have. Therefore, his people return hither, and the waters of a full cup are wrung out on them. And, and they say, how does God know? And, and uh, so, I don't know, what are you feeling? Are you feeling like he's still upset? Uh, with these people with proud of their wealth, their stations in life, their violence, their arrogance, they're not caring about the Lord. I mean, is that kind of what you're, you're feeling here? Yeah, I think David's at just at a point, um, or Asaph, I should say, this was written by Asaph. Yes, ma'am. Um, but I think he's at a point of just, he's fed up. He's fed up with watching what appears to be the wicked getting away with their junk. Um, it appears that they're lying, they're stealing, they're conniving, they're bullying. Um, they're doing whatever it is they want to do. They're the wealthy ones. They're the ones who seem to control everything. And it seems like they're just getting by with it all. Like there is absolutely no checks or balances 
stopping them. And it's just, I think ASAP is just here when we, as we read what we read this morning, he's just describing who they are. Um, but he's just, it's just like, they have no fear of God. Um, and I think he's just thoroughly disgusted with them. He's thoroughly disgusted that they seem to be getting away with it. Yeah. And, and, you know, I guess I'm not sure, Stephanie, is this, if this is exactly in context here, but there's many of us who've been hurt by people like this. And, um, you know, these are the people, and, and I'm sure in a minute, I want to ask you if you could tell us about a group of people that maybe fall into this category that hurts you. And we could share this with our brethren who are hurting out there and going through things. I think I'm seeing almost, especially in the beginning, God has given us almost a litmus test, I believe, to trust him, to trust him when, uh, you know, when we get bitter, when we see the knuckleheads, when we see the you know, the people with all the money, the people hurting us, the people living life like there's no tomorrow, the people uh, taking from people, the people abusing people. And I mean, it's almost like a test of our spirituality where, and, and God comes to us and reminds us that our walk with him is eternal. So our walk with God is eternal. So we look at things from an eternal perspective. But I mean, have you been around these people, Stephanie? I think we all have. Give us an example of people who fall into this category and, and tell us a little bit about it. So maybe that'll help us. And then I'll try to do the same when you're done. So, yeah, I, I would say um, I would categorize the people ASAP's discuss, describing here as um, in many ways, shape or form, I see narcissism spelled out. Yeah. Um these people are the ones who like to be in control. They like to be calling the shots. They like to be the ones um, in charge. And yeah, I mean, I have encountered people like this in my life. And do they stink? Yeah. Are there times that it seems like there's absolutely nothing standing in their way? They get away with whatever they want to get away with. And I think something ASAF um, points out here is that um, their strength is firm. And I think there's a sense in which very often people like this band together yeah, because they have to, to survive because they're not in and of themselves. They're honestly very often cowards. So they have to band together. They have to have people following them. And this is what leads to their strength being firm. Um, and so, yeah, you you come up against them as someone standing against their conniving or their lying or their deceit or whatever it is they're doing. And you're kind of like, wow, this is overwhelming. Um, and yet what I have noticed in life is that um, what ASAF comes, where ASAF comes later, as you know, the later we got down in here, um, where it talks about in verse 17, until I went into the sanctuary of God, then under, then understood I their end. Surely thou didst set them in slippery places, thou castest them down into destruction. And I know something that the Lord has done in my life um, is he has let me, since choosing to stand up to this no fear of God, narcissistic group of people, um, something that the Lord has done in my life is give, changed my perspective 
And not only has he revealed things and shown me things um, since choosing to um, tell people like that, I'm no longer a part of them. I'm no longer going to go along with their with their issues. And that's where I was going to um, go is how do we handle them? And I think that's where you're going Yeah, now. you have to separate from people like this. Um, there's really no, when you're dealing with someone who has no fear of God, there is not much solution. Yeah. Um, there's, there's no human solution. It's supernatural. And people like this, from, from what I have observed, um, reach that point where you have to turn them over to God. Um, and ask God to deal with them because there is no reasoning with them. They're, they are proud. They're arrogant. Um, in verse 8, he says, they are corrupt and speak wickedly concerning oppression. They speak loftily. They're, they're so proud and they believe themselves to be God. Um, there is a sense in which they would never admit that especially those who are professing Christians, they would never admit that they view themselves as God, but they do in their actions. Um, when you have no fear of breaking um, God-given ordained rules or laws um, that do not contradict scripture, I'm talking just normal laws, when you have no fear of contradicting those things, when you, have, when you, when you can boast about doing things that are unethical, and that's, that's something you're proud of. There is a problem there. And people like that, you're not going to be able to reason with them because they are a God unto themselves. Yeah. So I think separation is the key. You don't hang around with those people. You, yeah. Evil communication corrupts good manners. Yeah. So I think there has to be a separation factor. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I, think, I, I think Stephanie just hit the nail on the head for all of us. And, you know, those of us who have hurting hearts are going through junk, living through bad times in the wrong place. These people only add insult to injury even greater, making it much more important to get away from people. So if there's someone in your life, you know, who's a knucklehead, an idiot, an imbecile, a, you know, adult, a simpleton, a doofus, a dog, a moron, an oaf, a dunce, a lump, a dummy, a dimwit, uh, a yahoo, a dope, a dumbbell, a dumbhead, uh, a meathead, a, you know, any of those, a numbskull. If any of those categories that are synonymous with knucklehead from my thesaurus. If any of those are true, I think that Stephanie gave the answer. There's a couple things going on in this psalm. Number one, there's a litmus test, and that litmus test is uh, we, if we're worried about how much money someone makes and, and we're in a job, we're not, we're not making it as much, especially those of you in the ministry, you know, we got to let go of that. That's and, and maybe a way to do that. If people are rubbing things in our face and hurting us, if the word narcissist comes up with the word friend of ours, with those words friends of ours, we've got problems because we end up like David here and writing all kinds of weird junk. Behold, he said in verse 12, there are ungodly who prosper in the world and they increase in their riches. So, you know, David's at a bitter place right here, Stephanie, and I've been there. Say, these people have hurt us. There's people that have hurt Stephanie and I, and yet they are prospering in their riches. They are prospering in their iniquity. And uh, I said the word right that time because I wasn't reading it. Remember we had the iniquity problem last week or the week before? Yeah, I, I just couldn't say iniquity. So I've been walking around going, iniquity, iniquity, iniquity. I've been doing different parts with the word iniquity. But anyway, and then it says, verily, I have cleansed my heart in vain. Look at verse 13, Stephanie. This is messing me up. 
He, he's literally saying, I've kept my heart, I've washed my hands with innocency, with innocency. So you're looking at that word, he's saying, I've cleansed my heart, right? I've washed everything. I've tried to make everything's right, and it's not helping me. So, so what is David doing wrong here in verse 13? What is it that's just not working for him to get over this root of bitterness? To, what is it? I mean, do you have any thought on that? Any idea? Well, I think in verse 13, David's or Asaph is still at a point of. Yeah. And I said, David too, man, I'm a knucklehead. Yeah. No, it's, we've been on David for a while. Yeah. Uh, I think Asaph's, it's all about where his focus is. Um, His focus right now is horizontal. It's, he's looking all at all of this from the human, what he can see view with his human eyes. Yeah. And he's not, he hasn't gotten that vertical view yet where he's looking at this from God's perspective, where he's looking at this from the eternal perspective. Um, in verse 13, it's like, I'm trying to do what's right. I'm trying to keep clean. I'm trying to do what's honoring and pleasing to God. Um, I'm st- trying to stay away from this junk. And here it is. They're still, they're still creeping up. And I think that's an important thing to realize is um when you have when you have to pull away, um, and it doesn't mean you hate. I think Dave, um, Asaph is struggling here. Um, says for all the day long, have I been, have I been plagued and chastened every morning? If I say I will speak thus, behold, I should offend against the generation of thy children. When I thought to know this, it was too painful for me. And I think Asaph had been trying here, or what he's conveying is a spirit of trying to do right, a spirit of trying um, trying to keep his mind in the right place. And yet it doesn't matter when it is, his brain comes back to this. He wakes up with this bothering him. It's bugging him all day long. Yeah. This is like Verse 14, all day flesh. long, you know, 24-7. Yeah. 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 And I think, I think what I see here is a little bit of Asaph is trying to serve God here, um, but he's discouraged. Yeah. I think he's discouraged, and I think yeah, and there's he, a sense in which he's he's not looking at this through, to put it in today's terms, through um, the lens of being led, being filled with the joy of the Lord, with yeah. the Holy Spirit being his guide. He's trying to yeah. do what's right, but he's looking at it through his flesh. He's looking at it through the perspective of a man, not the perspective of God in him. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of weird. But, you know, if he read the book of Job, I'm not to, I'm not sure he paid attention to it at this point. But here's the good news. Verse 17 is still in the Bible. Until I went in the sanctuary of God, then understood I their end. And maybe that's what, maybe that's the practical message of all today is, you know, the root of bitterness is growing within us. The root of bitterness that's making us <clears throat> say, why do they have everything? You know, why do they have things? Boy, you know, like this morning, I'll give you a good for instance. I'm driving down the road this morning. This guy cuts me off in a brand new Cadillac Escalade. So after God's favorite car, the Chevrolet Corvette, I want a Cadillac Escalade. So I want a Corvette and an Escalade. Uh, and I don't want an electric one. You know, I want like the big, huge block. I mean, I want two gas tanks in, in, the, in the Escalade. I want 50 gallons in there. I want to sit at red lights and drive the Greenpeace people crazy. But anyway, here's what I'm thinking. I think he never read book, the book of Job and paid attention to it. But we get over here 
And it says, until I went into the sanctuary of God, then I understood. And then surely thou didst set them in slippery places. Thou castest them down into destruction. How are they brought into desolation as in a moment? They are utterly consumed with terrors. So he's looking at a picture of what happens to them, Stephanie, when they die, of what happens at the end of their arrogance, what happens at the end of the narcissism, what happens at the end of their idiocy, what happens, you know, something's coming, a day of judgment's coming. In eternity, you know, our lives are just a dot in all of eternity. I mean, they don't even show up as a dot 10,000 years from now. We're living in eternity with a great God. And <clears throat> I don't know about you, but I'm going to live on a gold street, one big street that just keeps on hooking with each other. And and uh, I think that's important to me. So so what would you say to somebody? I, I know, I let's do it this way. I would say to you, man, if you're going through this, man, what you need to do is look at eternity. And we as men, are, are more jealous than I think women are. I really, I believe that. I, uh, when it comes to covetous would be a better word. We really want things and we can't understand things and stuff like that. So we as men, you know, go to the sanctuary, go to the place, realize what God has given you in eternity in an eternal perspective, perspective, and then you'll be awesome. I mean, what, what would you say to women folks? Same thing, or would you add to that or? Yeah, I think there's a huge, a huge factor here of finding our contentment um, in the Lord. And, um, you know, it's very easy to look at situations and say, God, I don't understand why. And I think that's what ASAP is doing here. I think that's the bottom line here. He's been asking God why. Um, and Job, you know, every, every person who loves the Lord is going to have times like this. Um, it's not an abnormal thing. We're human. We're going to have those times of saying they're getting away. It's like when kids come to you and it's like, mom, you know, they did this, this, and this, and now they're eating cake. And I've been working my tail off and now there's no cake left because they just, you know, the knucklehead in the house ate it all. And you have the frustration between. Who is the knucklehead? Who's the one who eats it all? Um, I don't make cake that often. It'd be more ice cream. At our house right now, we're on a frozen yogurt tube kick. And last night, Daniel, poor Daniel, he keeps stick them in, sticking them in the freezer for himself and his younger siblings, namely Joseph, Emmeline, those kids, are eating Daniel's frozen yogurt tubes. So we were having a moment last night of trying not to laugh over it at poor Daniel's expense because he keeps putting yogurt tubes in the freezer and they keep disappearing. There'll be plenty, and, and like I tell you, friends, that as we're looking at this psalm, there'll be plenty of yogurt tubes in heaven. Well, we know for sure there'll be a feast, and that okay. feast is going to be better than any feast we've had here on earth. And you know, isn't it funny how tastes change? But anyway, going back to this, you're looking, find your contentment in God, find those yeah. things. I mean, here you are, you're a widow lady, you have eight kids, you got a lot going for you. I mean, you got eight great kids, you get to work with Wounded Spirits Ministry, you're like best buds with Debbie and I, which puts you high on my list, probably not a lot of people's list, but my list anyway. And so what do we say to people as we round out and you pick out a hymn this morning? What are we going to say to people? What's the number one thing we do today to get rid of this root of bitterness in this second part of Psalm 73? Does to not be covetous, to not to not want to plow these people in the head with a right uh, cross? What's the number one thing we do? What, what do we do today? What's the thing that makes this better today? 
remember that you're on the winning side, that remember that with the Lord Jesus working in and through you, um, the future is as bright as the promises of God. The children and I were just reading about Adnan Hudson last night, and he went through horrendous, horrendous things there in Burma, and um, yet when we look back at all, he didn't see. All he saw with his human view was awful. He didn't see the miracles God was doing to protect his translation manuscript. He didn't see everything God was doing from that vertical view. And I think that's important to remember, um, no matter what your trial is, no matter the, what the people around you may be doing to you or saying about you, to remember that you have Jesus with you. If he is all the world to you, if he is your focus, um, those other things become less important. And we see that as Asaph talks about, as God changes his focus to who God is, God gives him that peace of God's put them in slippery places. God's going to cast them down into destruction. When they, when God arises and deals with them, it is not going to be pretty. So the yeah. most important thing for me to do is keep my eyes fixed on the Lord. There it is, folks. Keep your eyes fixed on the Lord. And uh, I think Stephanie's going to do a hymn, probably Turn Your Eyes on Jesus or something. I don't know what one she's going to do. She's doing Actually, Turn that is. See, here we are in the same sheet of music for maybe the first time in three months. But folks, do turn your eyes on Jesus. Asaph here, he got his eyes off of God. He got his eyes off of the end game. You know, in the army, we always talked about what's the end game. If we're going to take that hill, how do we keep the hill? And how does that all fit in the total package? Well, folks, we know the end game. The end game is to accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, and we end up in heaven. And that dash in the middle of when we're born and when we die, when we pass from death unto life into heaven, is uh, keep your eye on heaven. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Anyway, our song, Stephanie. Oh, soul, are you weary and troubled? No light in the darkness you see. There's light for a look at the Savior and life more abundant and free. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, 
thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. Doug and Stephanie, thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at woundedspirits.com.